well, what we just read too, if I don't put my abstinence first, it sounds like I'm not being a good woman, mother, person, whatever. But if I don't have abstinence, I don't have peace of mind. I don't have my higher power with me and I cannot behave myself. Another program taught me I had to behave myself. But this was my first program that I ever came to. I walked into Oh Readers Anonymous February 3rd, 1984, because I just wanted to lose weight. You know, just another diet. I thought I'd been no Weight Watchers and had to pay for that, you know. And um, I tried other things. I never tried uh, tops, but I heard from the ladies in here that had, they stuck you in a corner, the pig pen, and you had to oink. And I thought, how disgusting. We already hate ourselves enough. Can you imagine that? I cannot believe that people did that in, in America. I just can't believe that. It's, um, boy, that's so degrading. We degrade ourselves enough. You know, we don't need um, everybody joining in. So anyway, I came here February 3rd, 1984, because I wanted to lose weight, because I married a guy that had been married before, and I didn't have any children yet, and his son was going to graduate from high school. And I had to be in front of the ex-wife and everything, and of course, you know, um, I, so I wanted to be skinny, and uh, so I, I did. I got down my first year in OA. Um, I'll say no. I did have a baby. I did have two babies then. So I got down to uh, 125 pounds. I was 5'9 before I shrank. And um, and I thought I looked really good, but I have a picture of me holding my uh, middle child, Troy, and uh, my aunt, my, my, I already have thin wrists anyway, even when I was heavy, but I was so skinny, but I couldn't see it. And girls would tell me, you know, in Bunko, they said, uh, my sister and I were in Bunko, and one day they saw me after I lost all this weight. Oh, you're too thin. I go, no, I'm not. Nancy over there, she's thin. And they said, no, no, you're really skinny. And we can't see ourselves, you know. At least I could never see myself. Today I have a better idea of what I look like. Um, so I go, Nancy, how tall are you? She said, like, five, five or something. And, and, uh, and I was five, nine. I said, how much do you weigh? She said, 135. And I weighed 125. I go, I have no idea what I look like. I realized then that I didn't. So anyway, I wish I could tell you I lost all my weight when I first came in in 1984, but I didn't. The gift from God is that I never left. I um, lost all my weight my first year. And then I took a bite, I think it was of a graham cracker. I can't, uh, myself, I can't have no sugar. Sugar will set me off. And after that, it took me 15 years, I believe, to stop overeating mm -hmm. and to be abstinent. I would be absent a day, a week, about uh, four years one time, two years, but I would break it. I remember we had a place up in Big Bear and I had a, a baby in the back seat. Or I, I think I drove Megan down. Maybe the boys were with their dad. I just had Megan. And I drove down from um, Big Bear. That was in 88, she was born. And uh, and I knew there were fiddle flakes in the, uh, in the trunk. And I, I don't believe that you can't say the word. If you're going to go out and binge, Bobby Earl used to, if you're going to go out and drink, you're going to go out and drink, you know. If a word makes you eat, then then we don't have a good relationship with God and, and food for me anyway. So I don't believe, you know, I'm going to set you off by saying a word because how's newcomer going to identify if you don't say the words, you know. But anyway, so I made it all the way down the hill uh, from Mount uh, Mount, Paul, not Mount Paul, from Big Bear. 
And I just, I knew the, the whole time, fiddle flakes, fiddle flakes, fiddle flakes. And the baby was asleep in the back seat in her car seat. And I, finally, I got down to Altaloma, right on the street where my girlfriend, Lori, lived, who also was a member of this group, but she's in Pasadena now. And um, and I had to get out, and I had to get out there, and I had to gobble the whole package. I don't know. I just, you know, I uh, I had that insatiable urge that made me go on eating. I, I hadn't uh, really turned it over. I hadn't really been relieved or the bondage itself, or the the desire to overeat. So um, anyway, uh, after about 15 years, I got abstinent. And I wish I could say I was all together, and I was really working a great program, but I was abstinent. I had married a man that had been divorced before, and he had stepkids. He had three kids, and we had three kids now. When I came in here, Troy was a newborn, and I think he was born in October and I came in in February and I read most of my big book in the bathtub because my husband would have to watch the kids and I could be un uninterrupted by a three-year-old and a newborn. And then I had Megan. Megan was born in 88. And, um, you know, what a gift. One of my children is an, I believe is an addict, the oldest one, he's recovering alcoholic and he's in Oregon and still going to meetings. And, um, uh, you know, he used to help me in another program I went to after this one. This is my first 12-step program. And I'm so glad because I think this is the hardest program. Um, you have to eat. You don't have to drink. You don't have to drug. You don't have to smoke. I did all those things. I smoked three packs a day. I did all those things. And you you could stop and not have to face it every day or three times a day. And they heard in this program, you have to let them. Um, you got to take the plug out of the jug three times a day. And every time you take it out, it's hard to put it back in. But for today, I don't have the desire to overeat. <clears throat> I don't know why. I don't know how it happens. You know, when you're binging and you ask somebody, how do you do it? How do you ever stop? And nobody can really tell you. I don't know. I was on my knees. I try to <clears throat> try to do novenas. I try to do be on my knees every hour on the hour. And I wasn't a, a good uh, religious person. I had left my church behind. And when I read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it says, of course, if you're of religion that says you must go to confession, you will want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. And I was willing to do anything the big book said because I wanted to stop eating. So I did. I don't know if they father, but I said my last confession was 17, 18 years ago. Are you sure you want to listen to this? There's people online. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and so I told them all this stuff, and I read way too much, I'm sure, because I didn't know how to do it for it, that you were looking at the causes and all this. I just did the list of sins type of thing. And they weren't too nice. And um, and afterwards, he says, now I want you for your penis to go outside and thank God for bringing you to this program, because I had told him I was in this program. Well, that's a weird penance, but Okay. And, um, and I was higher in a kite. I just felt so good and so relieved. And, and two weeks later, I found out he was a recovering alcoholic. And I said to him, how come you didn't tell me you were a recovering alcoholic? Because I had also come to church about that time. And he says, well, it would not have been a humbling experience for you. And so, um, wise person. So anyway, um, anyway, so what I, a year ago, so anyway, I've raised my children. Um, they're all grown up and I would say they were all moved out except my daughter and her husband live with me now that my husband passed. My husband passed uh, on July 1st, 2019. So he's been gone four, four years, four and a half years, something like that. 2021, 2022, 23, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> no desire for another man. But I have to tell you, when I would be upset with him because 
I was never happy. You know, if you just do what I wanted, everything could be fine. And he was really a good guy. He was an awesome man, a wonderful man. And he really loved me for me. But I used to think in my mind, you die because men die first. And he was seven years old. Oh, I'm going to give me somebody that's going to really love me. And that's going to be, you know, I was always in la la land. I always thought if only or things will be better. I didn't know how to live in the present moment and see how blessed I really am. So today, that's what I'm doing. I could have got sold the house. The house is paid off. Um, blessed for that. Really um, grateful for that. Um, I don't owe anybody any money. I have a car that's paid off. I bought a nice piece of property in a nice place. And um, when Hal died, he had wanted to get a, a fifth wheel, a big trailer for the kids to live in, uh, Megan and Daniel, because um, he thought, oh, they have, they're so expensive to rent an apartment. They just want to save up for a house. And I was against it. And you, we used to fight about everything. Because, But when he said that, um, I said, I just let him, I said, like, okay, that's what you want. We can do that. And so we bought this fifth wheel and they lived in it and um, they had a baby while they were out there. And then when Hal died, oh, when Hal was dying, we had 13 months together and he knew he was dying. And stage four, he's diagnosed it. And uh, he says, didn't I do good when I put those kids out back? And I go, yeah, because I couldn't have kept up the property now. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be able to keep that. I would be in a sterile little condo. It'd be paid off, but I wouldn't have these five little boys. Well, a newborn boy, not five boys, um, three little boys, a five-year-old and a three-year-old and uh, the newborn who I get to rock quite a bit. And it's very soothing. And um, I have a wonderful life. I'm working part-time four days a week. I work for three to four hours in the mornings, Monday through Friday, except with Thursdays off and, and the weekends off. And, and I recently um, was diagnosed with stage two, three cancer in uh, August of last year, 2022. And um, I had to do chemo and I didn't lose all my hair. So I had a lot to be grateful for. Gratitude saves me in this program. Every time I can look for something to be grateful for. I'm grateful that, um, that I didn't lose all my hair. I'm grateful I didn't have to do radiation. I had a radical cystectomy where they took everything out of my belly. And I wear a bag. Too much information, I know. But you would have thought that I'd just be miserable and everything. And you know what? God's just blessed me. I'm alive. I have a better percent chance of living having the radical surgery that I had. It's called a radical cystectomy. And um, I'm still here. My husband did get that chance to still be here. I hadn't imagined he'd be gone, you know. And I have a wonderful life. I'm in another 12-step program. I, I remember Carolyn Gotti. She uh, she was at the first meeting I was ever at, and the first meetings in the old time. She always talked about being raised on the stoops of New York, and she had all the diseases too. She put it, you know, it's a hand mouth thing. And uh, I threw packs of cigarettes a day, you know, whatever. And uh, you put one down, it's like that bop up thing, you know. One another one pops up, and <clears throat> and she said she used to say, if it was meant to be used, it was meant to be abused, and that was me. I put things in my mouth not to fill, but my number one addiction was food. It always was, and specifically uh, sugar. So today I have three meals a day, nothing in between. I don't do that perfectly. I might have a taste of something. I never used to do that before, but it's been removed now but for today. And um, don't eat white flour that I know of. You know, something might happen, and I'm not reading labels, but by, by now, after almost 40 years, next year, before I think I know what's in what. 
and uh, I don't want to overeat. And in fact, I'm getting, I've been rather cold lately and I lost 10 pounds with the surgery. Oh, and I was fine. I was fine at the weight I was, but who doesn't want to lose weight? You know, you can say, oh my gosh, I almost died, but I lost five pounds, you know, because I'll be able to and tell you, oh my gosh, I was near death. I blah, 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 blah. threw up, threw up, lost five pounds, you know, and it's like, um, so, but now I, I'm a little cold. So I think I've, I've gained a few of it back and I wasn't worried about it because I wasn't overeating. And now I think I still have the 10 off and I, I'm really cold and I find that, um, that, happens when I don't, don't have enough fat on, I guess, or body, body fat, whatever. So anyway, guys, don't have even hit the five minute mark, but I have five minutes left. What else? In my family, um, my cousin, Becky, uh, my cousin, Peter got to AA first. My cousin, Becky got to AA next and she did try OA also. And, uh, oh no, Joe, the oldest in that family got to AA first. And um, and then I have a sister in AA. I have a brother that's celebrating 10 years today sober. And you know, it's a family disease. And what's wonderful is somebody else will see somebody else in the program and there'll be an attraction. And so I, ha I had that and my family said they had that with me. My sister's been in the program, which is a real uh, gift. And um, I just try to live every day how God will have me live. I don't really, I make, I might make, make plans, but um, who was that lady? Joyce with the white hair used to say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> and so, and then she also says, uh, there's three businesses, God's business, my business, and none of my business. And most of it's none of my business. And there's all kinds of things. We don't talk about the slogans that much anymore, but when I was new, my sponsor was Eve and I was, she was wonderful. And everything was about slogans, let go, let God, easy does it. I remember when my sister's, I'm not, I don't know, some of you might know my sister, but she says it out loud. Hope she's not watching. <laughs> um, but um, she said when she first came in the, the meeting uh, that uh, in the OA, she said um, she put a, a sign, there's two signs up in the house. Uh, I think one, one was you don't have to figure it all, all out today. And the other one was you just have to do today. And we just have to do today. And I don't have to figure anything out. I can make a plan, but I have to realize that God may have something else come up and, and take over. And that's okay. I, I plan to do this or do that. And um, it might happen, it might not, but I try to keep my commitments. And um, I just, I really trust God. And I think that that's number one for me to have a relationship with God that I can really surrender to and really trust and know that he wants what's best for me as much as he wants what's best for you or anybody else. And God, I've never felt like God did it to me. Some people in the program I've heard say they're mad at God. If you are, I guess that's okay. I, for some reason, I never got angry or upset with mad at God because it was always my fault. And I was smart enough to know that. Okay, anyway, I have five minutes left and I think I'm about talked out. So if you can't stop eating, don't leave the rooms. They used to say, don't leave before the miracle. Because some people, I remember hearing this girl that had been here forever, and I thought she was like everything. And she said it took her 12 years to get abstinent. So um, don't leave before the miracle. That's all.